0: The Coon Hound Collective Podcast is brought to you by CZ Welding and Custom Dog Boxes. Dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Check these guys out today. This is your host, Jason Snurrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coon Hound Collective. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the coonhound collective podcast today uh today is a a special guest to me for sure as uh i head way over to west virginia to interview mr wesley good mr wesley how's it going today
1: it's going good thank you jason i appreciate you inviting me to be on here
0: well um a lot of people don't don't know this uh, some people know the story some people don't how we met and honestly if it wasn't for you we probably wouldn't be doing this podcast today i probably wouldn't even be coon hunting today if it wasn't for you 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 are you're probably a big reason this is even going on so i uh i greatly greatly appreciate your friendship and and the times that i got to know you for sure but won't you go ahead and um tell us a little bit about yourself kind of where you're from and and uh you know where you were born and stuff
1: well, I am born and raised I raised around Ripley, West Virginia. I was actually born in Charleston, which is only 28, 29 miles away. I uh, born in 1959, so I'm 63 years old. I turned 63 there the first part of June, and my daddy was a coon hunter. He, he had coon hunted since he was a little boy um, with a lantern and everything, whatever he could find with an old shepherd or anything and it didn't matter if it hold a possum or what you know he always thought he had a coon back in underneath the rock or something and dig all night and pull a possum out but it still sell sell the hide so I, I started I was about seven years old whenever I started going every time daddy went so I, dad would hunt anything that would tree a coon it didn't matter what color it was or whether it was a coon dog or squirrel dog nor I, we've shot coons out to norwegians and everything else dad was just he was a coon hunter but it seemed like we always come back around to the plot dogs uh you know they was the ones that we prefer, preferred as a rule uh we, we've had a couple of nice dogs in other breeds but all in all, we always come back to the plot dog, and I like the plot dog. The, the one I really got hooked on was a dog we called Ellie, or Ellie May. And she was a coon tree and piece of machinery. And um, she was born about the time I was, I don't know, I think nine years old or something like that. And and uh, about the time, just before I got my driver's license, we lost her, but she was hard to crowd. And, she was a black, brittle, trim female and I've kind of been the plot guy ever since uh, then, you know, that, that was my favorite dog and still pretty much, uh, she goes a long ways towards the major stick. I've, I've had some dogs since then, the uh, Angel Ridge Redwood Dixie dog. Uh, for sure is a major stick to me. She was 2011 National Grand Line Champion. But anyway, i grew up right there around Ripley and uh, went to Ripley High School,
2: went into the Operating
1: Engineers Apprenticeship Program there, Local 132, and uh, worked around all over working construction, mostly in the state of West Virginia and, and uh, uh, coon hunted. All I could. And then back about 2000, well, I got rid of all my dogs because I just worked so much. And I just hunted with Dad for about 20 years there. And right about uh, 2000, 1999, actually, I bought a farm where I could let dogs run loose. And really didn't mean to get back into it like I did. And Dad brought a pup over wasn't papered and gail fell in love with it and said you ain't never gonna get rid of that are you and i said no that's yours i'm gonna go get me a register one." and katie bar the door and it's been wide open ever since when he's old plot dog and uh, working all over the country kind of how me and you met ain't it
0: yeah that's 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 it for sure um i think it would have been in 2013 or 14 along there um, I believe it was, I was working in Illinois, kind of South central Illinois, and we were staying in a campground and I can still hear Tina today, whenever that truck pulled in that campground with that dog box, she said, Oh Lord, <laughs> she, she, she knew they was, they was friends already been made before, before we ever started talking. And, yeah. uh, and yeah, you come in, in the campground, there with that dog box and you know, that just. Hey, it's one of those sports that, you know, even the times that I was out of it, you know, you still, it, it you get that first cool snap in the fall. And for, for me, all those memories of, of coon hunting and being out with the dogs and stuff like that would rush back in and boy, it'd make you, make you want to have the itch to have one. And I just wasn't never in a place to place to have one, uh, after I moved here until, until we kind of got settled where we're at now. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's that's how we met was i guess you was working a shutdown or something there at at robison
1: uh actually they was they was doing uh digging a underground storage facility yeah a cavern for for butane and propane and i was running a hoist on that job for tyson mining yeah
0: yeah and yeah, so whenever you uh whenever we talked and you said you had plot dogs, so this this has been my experience with plot dogs and it's just ignorance because I haven't been around very many plot dogs. Um when I when I lived in Alabama, the plot dogs that I'd been around were strictly hog dogs. That's all they were used for. Nobody coon hunted with them, everybody told me and and it was just told me. I didn't know know this from experience that they were too rough to to coon hunt with and stuff like that. So Whenever we met and you told me that you had that you coon hunted plot dogs, I thought, man, I've heard those are rough dogs. But um boy what's what's some good times I had in, in cornfields and Illinois with uh with old Zeb and, and Shucks there. So uh I definitely my mind has been changed for sure.
1: Well yeah, and you helped me out a lot too. You know, I was in one of the situations where I was working a twenty day rotation. And there's going to be more days i couldn't hunt than it was that i could so you and i kind of you know got hooked up And i said well we'll just make this work jason's while a little bit and said here you need this dog box and i don't know i i you know i appreciated what you've done for me so uh i didn't i didn't care a bit to let you use my dog box and my stuff to get you back out there, you know, sort of like a drug digger. Uh, give you enough or loan you enough to get you hooked again, you know.
0: Well, I think, I think, <laughs> I think Tina, she's not here, but if she, she was here, she would, she would say, oh, oh, he's hooked. Thank you very much, Mr. Wesley. He's, he's hooked. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Shucks was eight, nine months old. Yep. And, uh, really far as I can remember he probably treated his first solo coon for you didn't he
0: yeah and I'll tell you what that night I turned Zeb and Shucks loose and Zeb goes to the right down there and the trees on on a little piece of property I had permission on and and I go down there and Shucks is not there and I thought where is this dog and so we get Zeb, we get back up to the truck and I look on the tracker and he's out and there's a, of course you remember, there's big cornfields over there and there was a big pasture there and he's out in the middle of this pasture and he's barking every breath. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with this dog? This ain't even the right direction. There's a cornfield right here and I can see coons sitting up. And, um, so I pull up there to the curve in the road and Tina said, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I got to go out here and see what he's doing. He ain't going to come to me. So I start out there across that corn, uh, that, uh, old pastor hayfield thing, uh, where them old oil wells were. And I can see this big Oak tree out there in the middle, but you know, I'm kind of looking where I'm stepping and shining up at the oak, oak tree as I'm walking and I'm calling his name. And cause I'm thinking you, we ain't even supposed to be here. We need to be back over on the other side. And about time I got probably 40 yards from that tree, I just happened to look up and, uh, there was a coon and I'm gonna tell you what it it didn't matter if we was supposed to be there or not I got him in there we got on that tree and I pitted him up and he was my buddy after that and uh yeah he I, I enjoyed hunting him I I, I really like him he's a good looking dog good looking hound and uh b- bigger dog like I like I like to hunt and um he just it, it, and he was young but he, he was really coming on and 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 speaking of that now last year um, or I guess this year, whatever, how you want to call it, um,
1: last year, PKC championship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Breed champion. Shucks won the whole thing. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I, I tell you what, I, I mean, I didn't have a whole lot to do, do in his life other than just trying to help you out with him. But when I, I looked on Facebook and seen that, that, that y'all had won that, that was a one happy, happy moment, uh, for, for me uh, as well as I'm, I'm sure it was for you. Hey guys, this is Jason over at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Is your dog box starting to get warm? Maybe it's starting to get a little crack like mine is. Maybe you've just been thinking about it's time to upgrade to a, to a new box, but you've asked your buddies and you're just not real sure what direction to go in. Well, let me help you out here. Go check my friends out at CZ Welding and Fabrication custom doll boxes, and aluminum products on Facebook. You can check out all their custom work they do there and their designs that they do. If you don't see something that you don't exactly like there, reach out to Nathan at 540-810-5439, 540-810-5439, or send him a message through the Facebook page I bet he can fix you up. Don't wait till fall to get that new dog box. Go ahead, get that dog box now. Get you uh, get you something looking good in the back of your truck that, that you can be proud of and that you can haul your dog around in comfort. Check my friends out at CZ Welding and Fabrication. You won't go wrong. Dog box is built by hunters for hunters. Get yours today. CZ Welding and Fabrication.
1: I appreciate that. You know, shucks is just shucks that's what i tell everybody he's uh he's got a cold pretty cold nose and he he takes whatever track he comes to and sometimes he aggravates me um working these cold tracks a little bit and and he really is determined to have his coon and you know the competition thing you like it fast and furious and and all this and all that and sometimes you just have to wait on Shucks a little bit, but he will. He will keep you in the cast. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that he's won every cast, but he's won about you know 50% or so of his cast, whether it be PKC or UKC. Uh, I really need to take the time and finish him on out to Grand. He's a night champion with two wins towards Grand. He's got oh. Uh, between fifteen and sixteen hundred dollars, I think. Pkc money on him, and he's sitting in the pen, wanting for wanting for somebody to take him hunting right now because I'm working, you know. And then I've got all these young dogs, but
2: but he's a he's
1: a dog that you've got to be patient with to call, and you got to listen to him. But he always keeps you in the mix. He's a, he's an honest first second strike dog. And he's a stay put tree dog. When he when he when he sits down there, I'm not gonna tell you he's a one bark tree dog. But when he sits down there and dedicates, he's gonna stay there. And most more times than not, you're gonna see the eyes looking down at you. You know, uh, he's lost a little bit of his mouth. You know, it's hard to believe, the Chuck will be eight in October.
0: Yeah, it it it's hard when I sit here and I was thinking about this after. Me and you've talked, you know, on the phone, and we talked about doing this, and I got to thinking about, um, you know, when w- what year was that? And I'm thinking, oh my God, that's been almost ten years ago. <laughs> yeah.
1: It
0: it just don't seem yeah. like it don't seem like it's been it that was, long.
1: It was actually uh, we met in uh, June of 2015. Okay. My mother passed away in March of two thousand fifteen. That's that's how I know it was two thousand fifteen. And I started for Tyson out there on my birthday which is June third. Okay. So so I kinda know <laughs> Now I don't know if we met that day or not, shortly thereafter. Yeah. You it... know, well or, or or right before that one, I guess I was moving in. I started work for him on the third.
0: Yeah yeah it was it was somewhere right around there I couldn't remember the year year for sure i I couldn't remember if it was thirteen fourteen fifteen I knew it was right along in there somewhere and uh you know time time flies i guess when you're having fun oh yeah
1: yeah yeah well see uh, Shucks is a october fourteen model okay so that puts him right at the eight nine month thing and all that you know wherever how old he was while we're well,
0: uh, while we're talking about you, it what what's he what's he out of mr wesley
1: he's out of uh pretty boy poacher and a female the female is uh off of uh z bar or uh amy's revenge um by Amy's by you amy's revenge or amy's Bayou revenge uh the z bar dog and and they bred her to uh Alan Gilstrap's Carolina Roxy female, and that produced a female by the name of Pearl that Kevin Moses had down there. And uh, I had dealt around, and I raised Pretty Boy Poacher. Uh, he was out of my Angle Ridge Redwood Dixie Dog, and we made across to Poacher. And I raised and trained Pretty Boy. I called him Bubby, but, well, his name was actually, his name was Rocket, but Uh, I ended up was working seven days a week and 14 hours a day, and he was getting ready to turn four years old, and I didn't have nothing but a second on him. I was aggravated because I I turned that job down three or four times, and I was mad at me for working. But um, anyway, a fella called me and made me such and such an offer. You know, he he offered me $2,000 for the dog, and I said, no, but I'll take $2,500 he hit me in the hand with the money so i had to let him go and then he kept him there about a month or so and then traded him to kevin moses kevin hunting uh, 10 hunted him a couple couple weeks there pleasure hunting and uh, put him in 10 cast and granted him out of course that was under the old rules but uh, poacher was pretty boy was a was a dog that would tree lay up or a hot coon um a little more of a one bark tree dog than shucks but shucks has got a uh, a lot of his build Uh, a lot of things about shucks uh, reminds me a lot of the pretty boy dog Uh, you know now shucks is a dog that when you turn him loose he's going to go hunting if, if if a pike's with him, that's fine. If a pack ain't with him, you know, that's fine, too, with the exception of every now and then, you know, you run across the female or something like that that he will hang with a little bit. But Most of the time, he's very consistent about going hunting and getting struck. Uh, so I, I don't know. The Dixie dog hunted a, a lot straighter and faster, and she hunted with her nose in the air. She was tough. You had to be tough to hunt her and work. Uh, but she was a quick, get deep quick, and get a coon tree quick. I don't know how many times I've had her be 75 minutes of a mile deep, you know, in less than five minutes to treat on a coon when you get there. But she just, it got to the point that I left her in the, in the pen except for on the week. She was my weekend dog. I'd hunt anything and everything else on through the week, but Dixie was just too tough for this fat boy in the week and work. (laughs)
0: They, 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 they build quite a few out there that, that are that way. Uh, you know, right now that, that blow in there and get get through the country that get away from you. If you ain't, if you ain't careful, that's, that's for sure. So, um, Hey guys, Jason at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Today I'm here to talk to you about a. benefit hunt is coming up the state of missouri coon hunters association is holding the annual shriner's children's hospital benefit hunt on september the 24th 2022 this is a ukc sanctioned event there will be a bench show and a night hunt there will also be a auction on the grounds at one o'clock for more information on that you can go to the shriner's children's hospital benefit stud dog auction and more on facebook and check it out. You can scroll down through there. The winner of the bench show is going to get a CZ custom dog box. The winner of the night hunt is going to get the same custom dog box. There's a dog box up for auction right now over there and a ton of stud dogs. Really nice dogs. Be a good opportunity to reserve a breeding uh, for one of these dogs. Get Get your name in there. Stay on top of it. Make sure you win it so you can uh, get a good breeding for that good female that you got out there. Uh, And there's a ton more other prizes. There's puppies being given away, uh, some young young dogs that are being auctioned. Uh, a, A lot of good things. Coon hunters are coming together for a great cause here. Help us make this hunt a large hunt here in Missouri. Help us raise some money to, to give to the Shriners Hospital. Uh, the, these guys are excited. They're, they're, all, they're really on fire here to try to make this hunt big. They're making a push here to make it. So help these guys out to uh, really make this hunt a, a big hunt. You can reach out to Larry Bourbon if you don't have Facebook. And his phone number is 636 388 20 636 5420 or you can also reach out to colton ingram and his phone number 636-249-3330 636-249-3330 if you have something that you could auction off get with these guys they'll get it posted up on the page and get the auction running anything and everything it doesn't have to be coon hunter coon hunted related get it to them let's help these guys raise money for a great cause here coon hunters always come together to help other people this is a great cause to help people let's help the state of missouri coon association send a big check to the shriner's hospital thanks You you mentioned that you you, you Shucks have been bred uh, and you got some some young puppies on the ground. Um, y- are you gonna you got plans to breed him in some more, or are you gonna just kind of see how these puppies do first, or or what's your game plan there?
1: Well, before I bought, I told you I sold Shucks once, and I ended up getting him back. But I had got this Henry dog before I got Shucks back, and and Henry is has got really a lot of heart and and not saying Shucks don't but henry's just he's got all that drive and and uh i started on the venture of getting 100 pups on the ground out of henry which i'm at 72 now and uh really the females got the the uh the shucks pups are five days old today and i had henry and this female at another man's house and he said well we missed her she went out and it was after uh after the uh, West Virginia Governor's Cup, as a matter of fact, which we got in the Final Four with Shucks that night. But anyway, uh, I brought it home. I never even thought that night at the hunt to check and make sure she was out and all that. While I looked at her and I thought, well, that dog ain't out. And I throwed her in the pen with Shucks. And so now we've got pups on the ground out of Shucks. But I do intend to breed Shucks. This This female that are bred into here, she's she's out of shock style ratchet. And ratchet goes ratchet's mother is a litter sister to Pretty Boy Poacher. So I I let Larry Brown have her and he bred her to rooster. And that's where Ratchet come from. And then the solid Georgia solid oak Let's see Georgia Solid Oak is a female that Jeremy Taylor and them have got. That is a littermate sister to Henry. And so they bred Ratchet and Georgia Solid Oak, and that produced this Bell female, which is a fairly decent female, nice tree dog. Um, and that's that's the mother to the Shucks pups. So I plan on PKC superstaking this litter of pups out of Shucks and uh yeah i'm looking for you know i'm i'm looking for some select females to bring shucks too i'm not going to i'm not going to tell you i'm going to try to get a 100 pups on the ground out of him because it's just too late you know i mean if, if it happens it happens but i'm really not going to set out on that venture of doing it when i made that remark with henry i had retired from 132 and now i'm back out here double dipping so you know down in north carolina here so it's a little bit hard to do and be away from home
0: yeah yeah that definitely that definitely makes it tough so those those pups there that you're gonna super stake, um you're gonna are those gonna be available to the public to to purchase because your phone's probably gonna ring if
1: if you say yes here uh actually yeah uh i am gonna let there's right now there's seven of them and i don't even know whether they're males or females or for Brindle or black, they was born. I left, uh, I left Monday evening about five o'clock from Charleston headed down here and they was born Tuesday. So, uh, I've got a young, young man, neighbor, uh, hired to take care of my dogs and stuff. And, and he let me know they was born. And that's, That's what I know. So, you know, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm going to performance them, super stake them, and uh, they will be, uh, should be, you know, ready to go six weeks old. They will be wormed and and, uh, vaccinated and all that stuff, and I'll have the vet records there. But I really haven't started booking nothing or nothing yet. I mean, I need to get home and look at them, and I don't, I'll be going home, leaving from down here, and going home uh, next Friday. So it'll be another week before I even see the pups.
2: Are you tired of whipping, scolding, and shocking to make them get alone? Is your buddy tired of helping you set your dog up for correction night after night? Do you really want your dog to be alone because you forced him to be? Or would you rather him be alone because he wants to be? Grand Knight Champion Small Town Lone Survivor is the product of over 25 years of strong natural born independent traits. This bold trait has been passed down from generation to generation and is showing up in Loner Offspring today. Loner is a direct son of Hall of Fame Grand Knight Champion Cabin Creek Rowdy and Grand Knight Champion Lonesome Dove Lori. Loner has a booming mouth that is talked about in every cast he has been in including the 2021 World Hunt Finals. Loner is a no-reverse, ball mouth open trailer who ends it plussed up with a huge dying locate and steady chop. Loner loves getting split and is a stay put gun pressure tree dog. Loner's intelligence is also impressive. He knows over 12 voice and hand signal commands. Loner has a character that loves like Jesus, but he doesn't walk on water. If you're interested in breeding to loner, contact Brett Stevens at Small Town English Kennels at 417-300-3777 or find him on Facebook.
0: If you're interested in running a stud ad for your dog here on the Coonhound Collective podcast, reach out to us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Send us a message through Facebook or Instagram, and we'll be glad to get with you to get your ad built and get you pricing on all of our ads. Yeah, well, if you're interested in a, a good good plot plot hound, good plot pup uh, out there, you can definitely get a hold of Mister Wesley, see what he what he would have available, because. I know I like I like he said and we talked about earlier I, I hunted chucks and he's a he's definitely definitely a good good dog was a good young dog when I was hunting and obviously has made turned into a, a pretty nice hound to to win some of the the stuff and getting some of the final fours that he's that he's gotten into for sure um one thing I wanted to talk about is um seems like even whenever I was a younger kid living in Alabama and I'd get the magazine and you'd flip through it. Or, you know, now with Facebook or in the internet, you know, whenever, um, whenever somebody wins something, you know, you usually have a few people around and they, you know, pat you on the back and say, say congratulations, you know, you've you done a good job or whatever, but it seems like forever. The plot guys have really stuck together and there's a lot of camaraderie in that group is there a, a special bond there between everybody or ha, what 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 makes that group so so tight knit there that that they're just pulling for for each other? So
1: few of us. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, yeah, I don't I really uh, I really don't have a good answer to that I guess part of it is the number of us but um you know the bloodhound is a in general my way of thinking they're a good track dog and i i like a track dog and i like it like i mentioned earlier a lot of your competitions uh hunters breeders are breeding a uh to me seems like a hotter nosed dog now maybe it's not but they're shooting a, breeding a dog that shoots in their past and trees quick coons and uh, a lot of the plot dogs do more trailing, you know. Now, I'm not saying I don't like it. And Dixie did get it done fast and had an awesome nose, uh, but um, I like the trackability of the plot and and the the loyalty of of my dogs. You know, um, I'm not a guy that a lot of a lot of your old timers you say don't pet your dogs; they won't hunt. And I have petted a few pups to the point that they didn't want to go hunting. And those, those pups don't get to stay with me because if I can't pet that dog and it go hunting when I turn it loose, then it's not the dog I need. And that's just the way I look at it, you know. And uh, I guess, you know, there's not a whole lot of us, but we're uh, maybe looking for something just a little bit different. You know, I don't, I'm not going to tell you my dog never misses because I'd be lying to you if that's, if that's the case. But I'm in the hills of West Virginia and I don't really enjoy walking to slip trees. And if I go to walk to three or four slip trees in a row or go, go to walk to 50, 60% slip trees, me and that dog's gonna part ways. I don't care what collar it is, me and that dog ain't gonna hang out. And I don't really have a problem with my plot hound. It may be a little slower, uh, one thing is the bear breeders or bear breeding is a little different in in than the coon hound breeding in that they're breeding stamina and nose and you know grip and all things that we want but for the most part it's okay if they pack and i don't want my dog to pack i want my dog to you know i'm a coon hunter so i want that independence uh and the line of dogs which is Made up out of mostly redwood. Uh, I've got some rooster mixed in there, and I've got some poacher mixed in there, and I've got a little bit of uh, bayou mixed in there. But still, uh, the dogs are independent. You know, they'll go hunting by themselves. They'll tree by themselves. And uh, I guess the plot guys that are coon hunting are kind of they stick together and kind of work together. You know the only way that you can improve a breed is to breed the best to the past I mean, and breed into qualities that, that you're desiring. you know? So as I, as when I was a little boy, you know, when I brought, let's say I was a teenager, 19, 20 years old, I didn't notice as much difference in the line, whether, whether it be a bear bred dog or a coon bred dog. I didn't, i did and there's a lot of lines and the line line that uh, the redwood dogs are used on bear Rancoon, and coon, and so is the poacher line you know uh but it seems like those two avenues of breeding are, are getting further apart to me as i've grown older.
0: yeah well and i know there's a lot of guys use those plot dogs for big game and um and over there you know where you're from there it's you know there's a lot of people use them for for coon and and in a, and in a, a mix there um but yeah i just always thought it was fascinating that you know no, no no matter what you know it just seems like the those those plot guys always stick together and um you know they're always there to pat each other on the back there's there's so much jealousy that can be even stirred up even worse now with social media the way it is and you know, a lot of times people get so hung up and, and focused on it's got to be a certain color when, you know, the, the end result here for for all of us, I, th- I think, is it just needs to have a coon in the tree at the end of it. It don't matter what color the dog is that's doing it as long as it does it the way you like it and, and and there's a coon in the tree at the end of it. That's, that's the two most important things, uh, t- to me anyway, is that color don't really matter.
1: Right. Well, and it's sort of like, I'm sure you've been around clannish people when I mean, you get in certain parts of west virginia you, you better if you're a stranger in there you don't just you don't just go up and start stuff with anybody because while they may be mortal enemies if they're kinfolk or 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 from the area you know if they're native to the area you're in and you're not native and you do something to one of them it don't matter if he hates that guy he's gonna come down on you with him. you know what i mean and that's kind of the way it is with the plot people. I, I, it's sort of like you know me and my sister. You know, I, I I can be pretty hateful with my sister, but don't don't somebody else bother me. You know what I mean? We're yeah. we're like that with the plot people's like that. You know, we might fight amongst ourselves a little bit, but don't let no no don't let no blue tick or English or Walker man start nothing with us. <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> and, I, I get it yeah um I to be honest with you one of my best buddies is a blue tick man you know we uh we hunt quite a lot together he's got some pretty nice blue ticks and i have seen good dogs in all breeds you know it's just kind of your preference yeah that's that that's
0: for sure it is and that's the good thing about this sport you have a you have a choice you can go through and kind of pick and choose what you like and what suits you the best and and you can hunt that and another guy can hunt something else and and everybody can everybody can be happy in the middle so that's a that's a good thing about it um what about like the i've not i've been through west virginia um you know going to work storms and stuff when i used to work for for a company i worked for what's the what's the hunting terrain out out there like uh where, where you're hunting is it all just mountainous or or do, you, do y'all have some some rolling hills and and, and lowlands too
1: well along the high valley there well you kind of have a mixture uh where i live is is more what i would call foothills you know you you go from uh, all of 640 would be the lowest point i know around jackson county to uh 1180 something like that in elevation um now so our our hills not really as big as the mountain but i don't have to drive very far now and you, know, you you know i live in an area that i can kind of pick and choose and 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 hunt some more rolling ground and and more more gentle hollows and and uh, meadows and stuff you know uh, bottoms and stuff like that but you've got some steeps between and of course logging has you know everywhere Uh, so it's getting a little thicker than it used to be but now where my dad grew up is the terrains a little more vertical not so much different in elevation it's just more rock cliffs more straight up and down between your two points you know and and my dad wouldn't even hunt where he grew up at in the summertime because so many copperheads in there so you know it's uh i don't have to go very far to get in more mountainous terrain and i've got to pick and choose to not be in pretty rugged you know as far as vertical up and down but it's all in all, it's not real terrible around Jackson County or Port Roan or you know, like I say, down along the Ohio River. Now you go you go north along the Ohio River and get up into Wheeling and Mountville and up and that and then it's it's way more vertical and taller. So kind but, of the further north and also as you go across West Virginia, the mountains get bigger.
0: Yeah. Well I
1: I, I live in the westernmost portion
0: of west virginia okay i know you know where where i'm at now compared to where i was hunting shucks at (laughs) whenever we met is uh kind of kind of how you described it it's it's rocky um you can be straight up straight down pretty quick um here there's no road crop uh to speak of right here around the house now i can drive you know an hour um west of here and an hour north of here and kind of get into more rolling hills and row crops and and pastures and stuff but um yeah it's just you know i, I the time i drove through there it was like boy, if i had to coon hunt over here i don't know that i would because it was I, I went through some mountains
1: well and if you want to go to the southern part of west Virginia, down around Mango county down to where johnny hager uh is from you know, he had the redwood mingo, redwood dogs, and well, I guess he calls his dogs mingo. I'm not sure, but anyway, you get down in that area, and it's it's a lot of steep as a horse's face now. Are some of us steep as a horse's face, but it's got a whole lot longer face down there where he's at, you know. I mean, you, you, uh, without a logging road or something like that uh you can really get in some pretty rough stuff down there and and it's that way as you go from where he's at and, and go north and and kind of varying east a little bit up through there it's yeah we got we got some pretty good sized mountains across west virginia and the the, the littlest thing we got is kind of some foothills you know i'm probably in the most gentle part of west virginia i'm 20 minutes from the high bridge there at Ravenswood and can slide across the river into Ohio where you start having some crop row uh, crops you know uh, and things like that which um, I used to hunt over around Meigs County and stuff uh, I've got family over there, and uh, I haven't been over quite a while further west you go into a hive the more crops you have and you know flatter ground and all that you know my goodness indiana illinois is out in there it's come heaven i mean only reason why i don't own that place is because i ain't got enough money to buy
0: it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's man, that's I tell, I tell you where where we were at there in, in illinois i mean it, that's that's a good country to get a dog especially young dog started um there's a lot of row crop they have a good coon population um if, if they had a little bit better kill season it would make it a little better but um they uh they really really do have a good coon population good good uh good spot to, to have them there right there on the wabash river uh it was close by where we were at there and it just uh just was re- really really good. Probably some of the best coon hunting I've ever been in. E- even coming from Alabama, um, just cause you don't have to fight the snakes and the alligators for uh, up there. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Um. It was pretty sweet, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah, it was. There's, there's many times I, I, I wish I still had was close enough I could drive over and, and turn a dog loose over there to the walk. was easier and the coons were thicker.
1: actually Tony Geyer called me today. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I was working, I really couldn't talk to him. I was running a dozer and so we said a few words and I had trucks piling up around me so I had to get off the phone and get busy. They're paying me, you know, I just I really didn't have a choice. Yeah. But uh uh but yeah, it kinda of coincidental, but yeah, he called me you know, one of the nights not long after You had come back and reported to me that such treaties, first one out there. I went in behind the campground there, and uh, all about midway down through there, you know, you had your we at that that year there was a bean field and then east west little piece of where an old fence had been, a row of trees and and then a cornfield, and. uh Shucks got out in them beans. Well, put him in the corn, and he he hit a tree, and then he went out in the beans. And anyway, he was a gommel. You know, well, it was just so many tracks that he was confused. But I I shined my light. I got out about fifty yards up along that corn bean field. I mean, I thought, well, I just wonder. And I shined my light at, at that hundred yards of trees in that old east west fence. There was eight coon. Look, I—that's the ones that was eyeballing me. You know, a coons are setting up between that bean field and that cornfield.
0: Yeah. Well, the uh um, yeah. The there there there's been several times where me and the kids and and Tina took Shucks or Zeb or both of them out, and I had permission to hunt on that little piece of ground over by the river there, and you get the dogs turned loose and turn around and shine out across the field and hit hit that wood line over there on the other side of that corn, and they'd just be eyeballs everywhere and uh I, I mean that's just this is just something that that i haven't seen like that in a long long time for sure
1: yeah i i uh i went to their last thanksgiving carl ratliff he's a he's a plot fella from down in tennessee he's about a hour and a half uh south and west of nashville there and uh, we went out To the southern part of Illinois for Pete Bentley. He's another plot fellow that passed away a couple, three years ago. But we went out and stayed in Pete's house and and, uh, hunted seven nights out there. Uh, We uh, tried to limit ourselves to four coons. So there was a couple nights we done killed four and back to the house by 9.30. We had one really bad night. It took us to 11.30 before we got back to the house We killed four. There's a couple nights that dogs got split on the last drop and we ended up killing five. I forget. I think it's 27 coons or something. I don't even know how many we killed, but I know we got our quota for four every night. Yeah,
0: well, I I would say that that's that's pretty easy to do over there for sure. They 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 got the coons. That that was something here. You know, when we bought this place and moved in, we had coons pretty thick here. And I mean, I'd go out in the evening and you could shine them down on my pond. And we had distemper or something come through and it killed a bunch of them off. And we uh, our our population seems like it's coming back. I'm starting to see some tracks. I'm I'm still not seeing coons on the pond, Um, but yeah, it you know, I, we got this place and it had the fair house and, um, Tina said, well, I reckon you're going to make that your coon, coon dog pen. And I said, you, you got that right with this many coons. And, the next thing, and then I didn't even get a chance to thin them out before, uh, before the distemper or something got them. So, um, yeah. I, I was kind of, kind of bummed about that, but that's all right. They're coming back and and, uh, I got enough that I can, I can work on a, on a dog here or there with for sure. Um, I know we had talked a couple of weeks back and, uh, we always end this with a, with a coon hunting story and you had something there you was wanting to share, share with us. Um, won't you, uh, go ahead and share that story with us?
1: Yeah, this was, uh, right after I finished up that job out there cameron miller is a is a young man that uh he rode a four-wheeler up to my house he lives down down the road below about a half a mile from where i built and uh, i went to school ahead of his mother and kind of knew her but cameron you know he was a kid I, i'd seen him but i really didn't know him or whatever but he rides his four-wheeler up there in the driveway one day and he, he said you're westway aren't you and i'm like yeah and he tells me who he was and he he was 13 going on 14 you know he said "Will you take me coon hunting and i'm like yeah i'll take you coon hunting i'll take you coon hunting anytime you want to go and or every time i go he said well you just you just call me you know and so that started a thing and uh so we um he hunted just almost every night i went you know uh he would go even even if it was a school night his mom would say, try to have him home by midnight. You know, most time we did. We didn't always, but uh, he started hunting with me and, and we got him a plot dog, of course, and this and that. But he and I and another gentleman was out hunting one night. And we got in, uh, come around to the tailwaters of one of the, uh, around home there, they built some watershed dams and you know flooded uh, several acres and and made some public hunting areas out there and, and uh, so we got back in one of the contributaries of that you know back in the tailwaters and a bunch of rock cliffs and this and that and season was in pretty cold that night and uh, the other gentleman was hunting a walker female and and she got treed up there and we got up there and she had a coon and there wasn't one of us really looked below her you know the tree was kind of on a flat place just off of uh what had been a road at one time and you know so you got this road bed starting you know grow up in weeds or whatever and he shot that coon out and it bounced one time and hit down in that lake right over a cliff. Well then there was a fallen log that went almost across that contributory there but you're, look, you're looking 50 feet wide or something like that and it was deep. Well them dogs get down in there and that coon wasn't hurt very bad and and they're fighting, Cameron had a, a young plot male by the name of Ripley, and, and uh, I don't know what the walker female was, and and I don't know if you remember Marley or not, but I was hunting Marley that night, you know, and I've kind of preached to you of, about come here, how I feel about whenever I tell a dog to come to me, I want it to come to me. But these dogs got in there fighting that coon, and... Cameron, before I knew it, slid down that log. That that fellow with the walker was, was hollering, oh, my dog's going to drown, my dog's going to drown, you know, and Cameron slides down that log. I'm talking about hunting boots, chaps, his vest, belt light, and all right down that log he goes, and he's trying to grab that dog by the collar, I guess he... So uh, I guess he's gonna put a lead strap on it or something and try to drag it back up. I don't know what his plan was, but the first thing I know, that boy's in the water. Oh, well, he's down there treading water in full hunting gear. And I'm thinking, my God, how, you know, so I'm watching him and i am he's staying pretty good. He was over on one side and he was getting on and he wasn't having to tread water really so much. He was getting on something. Now this is, a bunch of trash and stuff that just floated back. You know how the end of them tributaries will do. They'll fill up with all kinds of garbage or whatever. And Ripley ended up killing the coon in the water. The female swung the walker swam around there so much you know, she she was about to get under and Cameron was trying to get a hold of her. And I thought, Well that boy's lightning will burn in thirty seconds. You know. And and I finally walked away and I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'm saying a little prayer. I'm I'm like, how in the world I can't let this boy drown. I don't know how in the world I'm gonna get in there and get him out. And and I don't want to try to explain to his parents how I let him drown. Actually his mother had passed away before that, but his dad I, you know. And I walked down down the high wall there just a little bit and I called Marley to me called her across the water and everything and i kept trying before he went down that log i told him i said well let's go down here and call them dogs you know well we ended up i had a rope with me and we ended up the walker dog got over close enough and that guy below her managed to get tied off with a lead strap and get down and and get my rope around her neck and drag her up out there and then cameron got a lead strap on on ripley and hung him off that log and drug him up out he finally got back up on the log and drug him up out of there so the story all ended well but before it ended i was a praying that the lord help him get up out of there and i never i you know i've come hunted all my life and that's the first time i've been in fear of somebody i'm hunting with passed away while we're hunting over accident or a stupid move or whatever you want to call it so i can't stress enough how the lord's blessed me how important it is to be in relations with him and how important it is for that dog to mind whenever you say come here you know my dogs a lot of people won't do it but the way i work and stuff if my dogs treat in there and it's time to come now i won't do it to a young dog but an older dog when i say come here i mean for it to come here if i've got to bump it off that 3 that shotgun collar to get it to come to me that's what's going to happen because come here means everything in some you know if those dogs would have handled cameron would have never been in danger of getting grounded which if i'd have known he was going down there would have never been in danger anyway he doesn't slip down that log before i know it you know so that was the story I was talking about and how important the Lord and, and, and a dog that handles well is.
0: Yeah. And and I agree. That's, that's one of my, my pet peeves is I got to have one that has got enough head, head sense that it listens to what I'm saying. And, um, that's, that's one of the things that I like about this English female I have is she's, she's got a lot of head sense. She's, she's not, she, she, she's not ever gonna win a world championship, but for, for me, she hunts the way I like for her to hunt, and if I say, come here, she, she's coming, I, we, uh, we had RQE here, and, and the fellow who's hunting with said, are you, you, how you gonna get, the hunt was over, and she was over a thousand yards in there, and he said, well, how you gonna get your dog, I said, I'm just gonna call her, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and that's, that, that's important, <laughs> important to me to be able to get one to come to you that's that's one thing i can't hardly stand is is not having one that won't come to you when you call or won't listen to you and just off doing its own thing and and that that right there just shows the importance of of needing to have some sort of handle on your, on your dog so you don't have to put put your life or or it ends up putting somebody else's life in jeopardy
1: right right and, and also i i you know, uh, I had it cost me a, I was hunting a dog by the name of Magnum. And uh, I hadn't had him very long and he <clears throat> he wasn't a come here dog. And uh, I hadn't cast one. Would have been a first place win. Uh, way it turned out, would have been a first place win. But the dog wouldn't handle. A buddy of mine was gonna take the card back to the club. And he chose another, of course we was running late and, and uh, the guy stayed out there with me to get this dog that would not handle, And my buddy was five minutes late getting my first place win back, back to the club, which would have made my dog a night champion. That's all he needed was a first place win. And the dog never did get night championed out. You know, but I let him go not long after that. <clears throat> but he never, he never did make night champion because of not handling one night. So there you go.
0: Yeah. Well, Mr. Wesley, we've been at it for right at an hour and I, and I know me and I know you, we could probably talk for another two or three hours when it comes to talking dogs, but I know you work today and I don't want to hold up your time. And I just had a, a, a house full of people show up. So it's probably going to get loud in the background for too much longer anyway, but, um, I do want to thank you. And, and, and honestly, if, if it wasn't, wasn't for you, I don't know that I'd be coon hunting today and, uh, I wouldn't have wouldn't be doing this podcast either. And I uh, appreciate the opportunity uh, you, you give me to to be able to handle handle your dogs and have a little part in in, in getting getting shucks going there. And that, you know, when I when I seen seen y'all's picture and uh, on Facebook and on, on Pro Hound uh, this past winter, um, you know, that was that was a happy moment you look there and you think you were, you were, you had something in, in with that dog when he was, he was a young dog, you know, eight or 10, 10 yeah. months old there. So, um, I was, I was very happy for y'all.
1: Well, I definitely want to thank you. I am telling you that I appreciate you inviting me to come on here. It's it's really been good talking to you. I want to thank you for, for, you know, uh, you had a pretty good influence on Chuck. You hunted him uh, you hunted him a lot of nights that I couldn't have hunted, you know, when he when he was young and needed it. So, yeah, you a big influence on on uh, putting Shucks in the woods, you know, and giving him that opportunity. Also, want to thank Adam Shepherd for handling him out there at the PKC uh, plot championship. Uh, but uh, it's I really have enjoyed talking to you, and just want to thank you for inviting me to be on here, Jason.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get together and do it again, and uh, make sure uh, you tell Miss Gail we said we said hello and and, and we love her, and maybe we'll, some some here in the, in the near future, before we get ten or fifteen years down the road, we can all get together and meet up, and and uh, either we come out there, or y'all come this way, we can at least see y'all some sometime.
1: Well, yeah, we'll eat a hot dog and a hamburger and treat too.
0: That that's hey, that'd be fine with me
1: all right all right
0: we'll talk to you later Th- thank you mr wesley
1: yep thank you uh, uh,
0: bye. Bye. <laughs> all right that was mr wesley good with the angel ridge plots if you look up on facebook you can kind of see there and i uh, i really appreciate him taking the time to be on the coonhound collective podcast today i appreciate you taking your time listening to the podcast today and i hope you really enjoyed it as much as i did thanks guys for listening to the coonhound collective podcast today we really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the podcast if you don't mind head over to facebook and give us a like and head over to instagram and give us a follow it's both at the coonhound collective also if you would like to reach us here at the coonhound collective you can reach us at the coonhound collective at gmail.com if there's someone that you would like to hear on the podcast or a product that you would like to hear talked about please send it to the coonhound collective at gmail.com
1: thanks once again. Have a great day.